I'm not sure that you should always try and scale things like this anyway. This is Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, episode 18. You're listening to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, brought to you by the fine folks at Response Suite. Start a software company, they said. It'll be fun, they said. <laughs> Every time you open a box, another million decisions pour out of it and another another million questions that you have to answer. What you're hearing is two marketers here talking about their software startup. And I'll tell you now, we've been working at Response Suite on our entire uh, self-contained our own billing process to make it a really good experience for our customers. And I can tell you now, I can see why people use third-party billing platforms. Because when you start unpacking that box, there are so many difficult questions to answer. So if, you, if you're thinking about building your own, and really look at what's involved in it. That's, that's my lesson I want, to, I want you to take away from our bit today. But we are, we are creating something really beautiful and something I'm really, really proud of. I think what's great is it gives us all the flexibility we want. It gives us all the power we want. It's not like you're looking around to find, well, does this system do that? And does that system do that? Because we built it ourselves. So it does everything we need it to do. So I think more I'm importantly, it. It, gives the, it gives the customers, it gives all of our customers that ability to have that flexibility of changing what they need, moving with their business and growing with their business, which is something I think we all need to do if we've got some kind of, platform or something like that we can actually do that there's nothing worse is there when you when you sort of call somebody up or contact support and say hey can i do this and they say yeah the computer doesn't let me do that like this there's not a button for that on my screen we've basically tried to think of every button and every field we could possibly want to change and that's why it's that level of flexibility which comes with complexity yeah i think it's really great and to be honest if anyone listening to this ever wants to become the world leading expert on the eu vat legislation uh, just build your own billing system and you'll learn everything <laughs> you'll you learn need everything to you never wanted to know <laughs> now this week aside from all of that exciting stuff uh, we caught up with paul ince not the english football manager and former professional footballer who played as a midfielder from 1982 to 2007 not that one <laughs> Which I, I knew from my head I didn't just read off Wikipedia. No, no. Indeed. Not that one. No. Uh, but the marketing, the marketing genius that is Paul Ince. Paul's, uh, uh, Paul's one of the organizers, or is the organizer of a, a fabulous event which is going to be coming up in the UK. So depending on when you're listening to this, he's got a cracking event coming up. It's, it's called Marketed Live, marketed.live. And uh, that's coming up at... It's the 25th of September, uh, 2018. And by the way, this is not a big pitch for his event. He's got some great stuff to share with us on, on chatbots and how to use this thing called conversational marketing, which we'll be getting into in a minute. But we hooked ourselves up and hooked you up with a really cool discount code. So if you want, you could go to marketed.live slash three marketers, the number three marketers, and you'll get a cracking a little discount, actually quite a stonking discount, which is probably enough to buy Rob and I a couple of drinks when we meet you there. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so you should definitely go and check that out. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, I think. I so think Paul is. was talking on the podcast this week about conversational marketing. So starting conversations with your customers either either via technology or not via technology. Uh, and uh, there's some really interesting stuff here. I think I think there's been a definite shift in the world, and it's much more. I mean, he uses the word human to human marketing, which is true. Uh, and I think there's a lot much bigger shift where people have shorter attention spans than ever. They're less willing to read your stuff, and they, everyone has that question that makes them think they're different, doesn't it? Oh, they do. And like rather that. than just reading through a website and going, oh, which bit applies to me? People just want to literally call you up essentially and say, hey, this is what I'm trying to do. do. Do you do this or can you help me do that? And what Paul talks about is how you can allow that, that sort of amalgamation, the bringing together of bots and humans. So let's stop yabbering and let's talk to Paul. So Paul, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Hey, it's a pleasure to be on here, guys. 
Very, very excited. Now, you're an expert in this thing known as conversational marketing. So can you start by taking us inside? Tell us what conversational marketing is and why is it actually important right now? Well, all conversational marketing is, is the process of instigating a conversation between, say, a brand and a customer, someone that's going to do business with somebody else. You know, that may be B2B, B2C. You know, there's lots of people that say, oh, it's not that anymore. It's all human to human. And that's true, of course. You know, we all have conversations with people all the time, particularly when we're looking to do a transaction. We ask things like, how much is it? Uh, what are the benefits of it? You know, if you're trying on clothes, does it suit me? You might, you know, go into the hair salon and ask, you know, should I be a redhead? Uh, <laughs> Rob, Rob, for Rob, the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. Um, you know, even things like where are you based? We ask questions all the time. That doesn't necessarily always involve people. Because if you think about your use of the internet, I bet you ask Google stuff. Mm. You might look on TripAdvisor about holiday. These days you might ask Alexa something. You know, we have these conversations all the time, either with uh, devices or with people, but we are having those conversations. And that's really what conversational marketing is all about. Yeah. So do you think that these days we, that sort of channel to asking more questions, are we more inquisitive as buyers than we have been in the past? Because I think, I think we're probably more cynical and we want to sort of investigate more about a product before we buy it. Do you think conversational marketing is more prolific and more important now because of that? I don't think that anything that uh, involves marketing today is any different from how people have always done that kind of thing when they're looking to, to buy something from other people. But what has changed is the technology that's available to people. So, you know, with the advent of the internet, we just go and find the information out for ourselves. You know, there is a stat and I can't remember exactly where it's from, but, you know, it says that 70% of um, the customer journey is sort of done before people actually reach out to the, the business themselves. Now, partly, I think that's a trust issue as well. We don't, for example, go into a uh, car showroom and say, you know, what sort of car should I buy? We go in with a preconception of we want this car in this color with this interior because we've looked at what the best car is. We've checked some reviews. We've gone on to the build your own car configurator and actually virtually put ourselves inside it. And in fact, you know, there are companies that are, are uh, car companies in particular that are working with VR companies in order to give you that experience of even what it's like to sit in the car. So mm. we always have these questions. We always want to know what is the right thing for me because we don't want to make the right decision. It's just that we now use technology that's available to us to get further down that journey than perhaps we once did. Right. So a lot, some of those conversations in that marketing piece can be actually one-to-one -one with another human being. But of course, that's difficult to do at scale. A lot of people who are, who are listeners know they might be solopreneurs or maybe up to that SME marketplace. And they might be thinking, well, I can't possibly have the number of conversations required to work at the scale that I'm working at. So how does that actually work at scale? What kind of pieces of tech she would be looking at? Or is tech the answer, I suppose? Well, I'm a bit divided on this one, to be honest, because I think there are, there, there are two elements. Firstly, I think automation can be really helpful. So, you know, you've got things like chatbots, or you've got Google, or you've got, you know, even like frequently asked questions pages on a website. These all help to have a conversation with a, a business that helps them go down that customer journey a bit further. Voice, you know, that's a really good example of a way in which, you know, we can ask 
for uh, an answer to a question and, and get it where you don't need a human. So, you know, you can do that sort of thing at scale using some of that technology. And, it, and actually, you know, if you've got the, the money, you could actually use humans to, to, to scale that up because you just need lots of humans. It's very expensive and solopreneurs just aren't going to have that, of course. Um, but then on the other hand, I'm not sure that you should always try and scale things like this anyway. I think if you try and do things that don't scale, you actually have greater impact. So an example of that would be uh, an app called Bonjoro. I don't know if you've ever come across yeah, Bonjoro. I really love it. It's really nice. It's incredible. You know, so for, for me, what I do for, for my business, if somebody buys a ticket to an event um, that we run, we send them a Bonjoro, a video message to them individually to say hi rob thanks for buying a ticket uh, we can't wait to see you these are the things that you need to know if you've got any questions give us a shout all of those kind of things that sort of stuff doesn't really scale but the and impact doesn't work to of that people is people who have a different name other than rob <laughs> uh, yeah you know insert insert first name <laughs> That's yeah. a niche no, it, no it is yeah um do you know i mean i want to just chime in and say you know i use it as well bonjoro in my membership program and so whenever somebody joins again it just takes nothing just a few moments you can link it up to your crm and so you get a little notification within bonjoro itself and you can just you can just make record a really quick video send it straight to them saying hey you know name hey paul it's welcome to the program really good to see you and it's just that little moment isn't it it's that little personalization so powerful it makes it so much more like you care and uh, that you're accessible. And, you know, if you've got a membership organization where you've got, you know, tens, hundreds, thousands of followers, the assumption is that you're just a, a number. But by delivering that individual message, the impact of that is just insane. I think when we think about conversational marketing, one of the things that really jumps out to me is however good your sales materials are, however in-depth your copy is, however much stuff you tell people, we know they've got a short attention span and they're looking at a billion other things at the same time. So it's going to be easy for them to either miss key information you have given them or just have questions about, well, will this work for me? Because I'm not like Derek who gave you a testimonial. So I think that's why this is so important from my perspective. So let's imagine, I know you're a big advocate of kind of chatbots and that kind of thing. How do you decide where a chatbot fits into your business? Where does it go? Is it a lead gen thing? How do you decide that? Well, I do like chatbots, but I like them for particular reasons. I think they are incredibly helpful to provide a better level of service to a customer than perhaps you might be able to give as an individual, particularly if there is a small number of people within that organization. I think people want answers. So what I suggest people do is actually look at your internal processes within the business. What do you do that involves some kind of interaction with customers? Is it in the sales process or is it afterwards? So a good example would be, let's say that you've already got the the customer and you've shipped something out to them and they have a question on it, such as like, well, it's not quite right for me. How do I return it? Or it could be, I've forgotten my password or even what is the balance on my account? All of these are interactions with customers that are fairly standard and they're potentially repetitive or even simple. It could be that that involves getting some data from somewhere else. So something needs to query a database, but this is all information that doesn't necessarily need a human being to answer it as long as the information is accurate. Because what people want more than anything is speed, uh, accuracy, and to a certain extent, some kind of empathy with, with what it is that their problem is. So those things are possible to automate using chatbots. What is really important is understanding in that process when you definitely need a person. 
So what are the processes that you can't automate or shouldn't automate? And we're talking things like escalation points or you know, certain types of interaction. So it's important to look at the processes, work out what you can automate, work out what's best and work out what you can't do. That makes sense. One of the things I've always thought is, what, how do you, where do you sort of sit on the idea of, do the customers or do the people interacting with a bot necessarily know that they're interacting with a bot and not a person? Do you sort of try and hide it? Do you let them assume it's a human? Or do you want to overtly say, hey, I'm the robot from XYZ website, I'm here to help you? Where do you, where do you sit on that line? Personally, I think you should be completely open about it because if something goes wrong, if the bot doesn't quite answer the question or the standard response that you've programmed the bot to give doesn't quite meet the mark, if they thought it was a real person and it's blatantly now not, you <laughs> lose trust. And that's incredibly important, particularly if the question is quite sensitive. So personally, any bot that I would write would always be upfront to say, hey, um, it's such and such, this is a bot, or this is how we can help, you know, we're trying to, to make sure that they have that awareness right from the beginning. Right. So whenever we've looked at the idea of using bots, you look at it and go, this is a great opportunity to deliver better service, to, to deliver at scale, to free up our time so we can deal with those sort of escalated things that need to be dealt with at that personal level. But then how my, my sort of resistance has always been like, where do they fit in the business? Like, and how do you figure out all the different routes that people can take that they can take you through. How do you even begin to do that, Paul? Well, again, I think it comes down to processes, but I don't think that you can always plan the route because people are unique. And to be honest, they'll just be frustrated if they're forced down a route that they didn't want to go. So take, for example, when you ring a call center, no one likes that, right? (laughs) So you ring and you're told, you know, press one for this, press two for that, press three for this, you know, and you get to number nine, eventually it says press zero for, for anything else. Well, look, the, the tip with any kind of IVR system is you just press zero, right? You just press zero and you get through to a person and then they tell you what you need to know or they put you through to the, to the right person. And that's because those routes are limited. There's no flexibility there. Those sorts of things are, are better these days. So if you ring your bank, a lot of the time now they say things like, what's the problem? And you say, I'd like to close my account or something like that. And it recognizes the voice and puts you through to the right person. But if you, if you ask them to press one and then they're through to the certain thing and then the next set of options you have to press four and then the next set of options you have to press six, it's frustrating. And that's when you start to lose people. So I think what you always have to do is allow the end user to ask freely or state freely what it is that they want. And that's why chatbots are great because you can use keywords or pick up certain things to help decide what should happen next. And if the answer is that, you know, you can't find what the route is, you provide the ability for intervention of some kind. Okay. That's really interesting. So it gets to that point and then maybe the bot replies and says, Hey, okay, I don't really, I I can't really help you in an automated way. I'm going to just contact a human to come and give you a hand or something like that. Or whatever fits, of course, the personality of the business. Very interesting. I guess what are the kind of best ways to get someone to engage with a chatbot in the first place? Obviously, more and more websites now or members areas or inside software platforms, you log in and suddenly this little thing pops up in the corner with a little annoying tone. What's the best way to get somebody to actively engage with it? Because they might be sat there with questions and they might not want to get started. How, How do you actually make that happen? I think you need to give people a reason to use it. So it has to be really clear what that's for. 
and why it might be a good idea for them to interact with it. So if it is a, a bot that can help them answer basic questions about their account or get reorders, or, or even if it's used for things like shopping, because there are bots that allow you to to buy things like flowers or shoes or clothes or whatever it is, you need to kind of explain that first of all, because if people understand what it's for, they can decide whether or not they want to use it. They need to understand what the benefit is. So if the benefit is that they will get a quicker response if they ask the question, then they're more likely to use it because none of us want to be waiting on the call center line for you know 20 minutes waiting for someone to pick up to be told that you're through to the wrong department. Give people the reason to use it, explain it, make it simple, ask a simple question. Some of these bots, you know, they allow things like give them an option. What is it you want? Is it this or this or this? These are the things that we can help with. If it's not one of those, the default thing is to pick up the phone or to, to do something else. But if you explain what it is and people understand, they're more likely to use it. That's really great. I think to be able to just to say to somebody, you are going to get a faster response or, you know, like everybody likes the thing. Again, if you go back to like, you know, uh, insurance or car sales or something, you can go on there a lot and there's things like to get an, you know, if you're going to lease a car, to get an instant quote in the next few minutes, go through this process. And mm. people prefer the idea of doing that than ringing or sending an email and knowing they're going to have to wait 24 hours. Mm. Now, we're going to we're gonna do something a little bit different now. We're going to uh, have a little, a little bit of fun, a little game. And uh, here's how it works. Uh, my colleague, Kennedy over here. Hello. That's him. Uh, he's going to sing a song, uh, but he's going to do it in the style of a traditional British club singer. So it's a well-known song. I think everyone both here in our office and, and you as well, Paul, will know the song. Uh, and so you have to guess what it is. Uh, so he'll sing it. You can guess what it is. And then we'll, uh, we'll tell you at the end of the episode whether or not you were right or wrong. It takes to be I can't even get the song. I'm not even very good at this. It said it, but the terrible I'm just reevaluating my life choices right now. <laughs> I've got no idea. One uh, of those, as soon as you say, as soon as I tell you what it is, you'll be like, of course it was that. Well, yeah. Yeah, of course it will be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when your keys are in the last place you live. <laughs> it sounds familiar. I'll do the chorus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Thriller. Yes! <laughs> chorus. It was, of course it was Thriller. Excellent. Well done. Good. So, question six. Yes. So, <laughs> Paul, tell us. We've been talking about chatbots. We've been talking about many different ways of engaging in this sort of conversational marketing thing. What are the best tools? Because there's lots of different options around there. What are the best tools to create and sort of manage these bots? Well, the world's your oyster, to be honest. Um, I think you need to look at where and what you want to, to, to do with a bot. So, Perhaps one of the easiest ways to get into this is to use a Facebook Messenger bot. They're really accessible. Uh, they're they're free. They're but well, they're freemium, so you've got a paid uh, you know tier as well. So things like ManyChat, ManyChat's really popular. Really good ManyChat for things like uh, PayPal integration, Stripe integration, that sort of thing. If you want to take transactions through Messenger, right. then then look at that. ChatFuel. ChatFuel is probably the one that I prefer of the two, to be honest. Um, but that's because I quite like their AI side of things on that. So, um, so, so our main event, we uh, have what we call a concierge bot. That's the purpose. It's there to help answer questions about the event. Where can I park? Who's speaking? How much is it? Where do I get a ticket right. from? 
which which hotels have the discounts, that sort of thing. Mm. Um, but we use the AI element in ChatFuel to help it learn. So, for example, uh, this is a really complicated, uh, long-winded way of explaining this. But uh, yeah. in our in our um, in our bot for that. At one point when someone's saying how much is a ticket and we're trying to get across what a bargain it is, we include a gif of Oprah Winfrey doing her, you know, and you can have one and you can have one and you can have one. Mm, mm. And someone asked, is Oprah speaking? Well, ah. you know, duh. Um, so, so we reprogrammed it to say, mm, no, she's not, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. a, wit- a more witty answer than that, but sure. um you know, so every time somebody asks something that we haven't thought of, then that's a new question that someone is probably thinking elsewhere. And so the, the AI is, is programmed to, 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 to learn that and feed that back into that. So that's, that's chat fuel. Uh, and many chat is the other sort of Facebook one. Um, you've got things like dialogue flow, which is Google's software. That's really good for writing once and deploying in different places. Mm. Uh, flow xo is a tool that allows you to integrate external systems so if you are looking for uh you know to integrate with a database that can answer some particular questions about someone's account maybe um, and then you've got things like landbot.io which allows you just to build a, a chatbot without integrating into messenger you can just have the information put on your website mm. uh, we've done websites where we've replaced the whole website with a bot so wow. there's no page for this, you know, uh, this information or that information. And was so, that effective? Did you find that by stripping everything away and just making that a conversation? Did that turn, did that work? It's incredibly focused. You know, you, you remove all of the distractions around things like header images and uh, buttons and all the rest of it and focus on the conversation. So I have one on my personal website where, you know, it says, what can I help you with? Are you looking for my agency or are you looking for where I'm speaking? or are you looking for you do you want me to speak at your event what what is it and then by the answers i can say well look here's where i'm speaking or this is how you uh, get me or this is the sorts of things i talk about or blah 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 wow. you know and it just focuses on that the only thing that i would say on that is i was having a chat with a guy um an seo guy uh, at an event about mm. how that works with seo and he couldn't answer the question which is disappointing so i need to obviously go and talk to somebody at google uh because uh, you know, as far as I know, things like Google aren't trawling how bots work and how the integration is with that. So there's some things to to work out, but I'm pretty sure in the future, people like Google will be able to, you know, automatically go and integrate with your bot and work out how good it is and then maybe promote your bot above other people in the search results. Hmm, That's cool. I mean, if somebody wants to use a chatbot as a sort of a sales process to sell their thing, or maybe they've got a funnel of products from your experience, either from your own business or things you've built with or for clients, what does a, what does a chatbot funnel look like so somebody's going to land on a page going to get them into conversation eventually make them a subscriber or a customer what does that process look like well i don't like the word funnel um because i think that reminds me of something that people are forced through and when you're forced to have a conversation you kind of switch off so i prefer the much softer journey um (laughs) yeah so i think you know you have to start with awareness right because again as i said earlier you've got to know why you want to interact with the bot so you need to know what it is what it's for what the benefits of using it so that's your first thing Uh, but then you need to get them to initiate the conversation because with a lot of these bots particularly the facebook ones it relies on the end user actually initiating the conversation you can't just go out and spam loads of people once they've done that then you're effectively getting permission and happy days you can communicate with them and you can proactively then initiate the conversation back however 
it's really important that throughout this conversation, you continually ask permission in some form because these messenger bots, these bots that interact with WhatsApp or Twitter DMs, whatever it is, you're suddenly in a very personal space and you can be unsubscribed super quick because people don't necessarily want you in that personal space. So you've got to be really conscious of that. Um, and so I think, you know, it's about building trust, being quite long-term, helping people out, driving people towards the answers that they need in order to then purchase your product. So what are your favorite things to actually have a chatbot handle? Well, I think anything that is genuinely helpful. So it might be that someone wants help to buy something, answers those questions, overcomes those barriers to purchase. That sort of thing is really smart and really clever and i think they are then seen to be really helpful to the person and helps them to, to to make that decision if that bot works well if that bot has the right tone if it matches the brand in terms of its tone mm-hmm. then it will feel a, a, a close fit and it will feel as though someone has put some thought into how that conversation should should work so you can envisage you know, differences in tone between, say, a John Lewis bot, not that they have one, but, you know, a John Lewis bot versus a Screwfix bot, for example. Two retailers, different markets, uh, different products, but, you know, the sorts of tone that there would be there would be different for sure. Um, as I say, the, the bot that we have for our event is very much a concierge bot. What can we do to serve you as someone interacting with this, this bot? Anything that is helpful, that's the things that I find are certainly my favorite things to, to handle. That's amazing. So we're now going to enter what, what we affectionately refer to as the quick fire round. This is where we'll ask you a quick question. And if you give us a quick answer, that would be stupendous. Hey, you don't want to miss out on more of these fabulous nuggets, do you? Make sure you subscribe to the Three Marketers podcast now on your podcast player. So first of all, a book that you recommend. Everybody Writes by Anne Handley. It's a good one. It's a good one. What really grinds your gears? Uh, the hustle and uh, the 5am club. It's not for me. Uh, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't work for me. Um, but hustle is too close to hassle. And uh, I prefer a bit more uh, voluntary transactions. What is your top success habit? Either something you do daily or weekly? Oh, God. This is really annoying. But uh, I do quite like going to the gym. I knew somebody. I knew, I knew yeah, somebody. I know. I know. It's something to do with the break, I think, or something. I don't know. Okay. Who do you look up to? Uh, no single one person. I like people who are determined and have something to say. What is your definition of success? Uh, just making a positive contribution, I think, to someone's business or maybe someone's life. Important question now. Who do you like more, Rob or Kennedy? Kennedy. Yes, is the right answer. <laughs> Not Finally. even a breather. Finally. Well, where can people go to find out more about you? Well, I'm known as Biz Paul everywhere. Even my kids have started to refer to me as Biz Paul. <laughs> so uh, at Biz Paul, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you want. Um, or if you want to chat to me on email, uh, just reach out at paul at likemind.media. I love it. And you have an event coming up quite soon in the UK. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Um, so the event's called Marketed Live. It's uh, an event about marketing, surprise, surprise, uh, but it covers all aspects of marketing. So it's not just on digital. We will cover things like PR. Uh, we've got stuff on websites. Uh, we will have uh, content, but we've got uh, Chris Strub coming over from New York. We have Chris Marr, all the Chris's. Um, we've got EE, the Beano. Um, well, we've got lots of people um, coming to, to speak. 
Um, it's just going to be really good. It's taking place in Nottingham on the 25th of September. And if anyone wants to come, go and check out marketed.live. Thank you once again, Paul, for being on um, our latest guest on the podcast. Really good to get this insight as to where we can use chatbox and start this conversational marketing to, uh, to actually get people and convert them and engage them. Thanks, guys. You know, it's been real fun um, just chatting to you and, um, yeah, just talking about something that I really love. I don't know about you, but I've been looking at this chatbot sort of atmosphere that people have been building, this this whole thing I've heard on lots of podcasts and lots of blogs, and I really didn't know where to start with them. And now I've got a little bit more of an idea about where they might actually work in our businesses. I think what's refreshing is to hear Paul talk about chatbots and this stuff from a a sort of post-sales perspective. Obviously, one of the things we're really passionate about at Response Suite is once you've got your subscribers and once you've got your customers, how do you make their experience even better so that they're more likely to buy more stuff? So that's what we try and help you to do with Response Suite. You use it to find out more about your customers, to engage with them better, to make them buy more stuff. And, and because, I'm sorry to interrupt you there and talk over you, but one of the things we're all about and we're really passionate about and the reason we started Response Suite is because it's about that personal connection. It's about asking people questions so that we can give them the personalized answer. That mass customization, that mass personalization, which is what bots allow you to do. I, I, actually, honestly, I never thought about it in that way. I just thought of it as a sort of really easy way of, it's almost like an autoresponder. Do you know I what think mean? what you see is that everybody does the easy option, which is just click this button and I will send you this free report via Messenger. Yeah, and it was refreshing, is which is fine. And it was refreshing to hear Paul talk about it from a post-sales perspective to improve the after-sales Look, so. we'd love, absolutely love your feedback on this episode. What did you enjoy about it? What's your big takeaway? We'd love you to leave a comment over on the blog over at blog.responsesuite.com forward slash 018. Absolutely. And if you haven't already, make sure you do subscribe to the Free Marketers Walk Into a Podcast and leave us a canny little review. Canny is a Geordie word from the northeast of England, which means nice. <laughs> That's it. We'll see you next week back here at Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Don't miss a thing. thing. Check out the show notes at blog.responsesuite.com.